Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from HireVue. HireVue's team acceleration software combines digital video with deep learning analytics to help companies build and coach the world's best teams. Team acceleration software is a modern digital answer to antiquated recruiting and training software that has placed barriers and bias in the way of finding, selecting and coaching a company's most important asset, its people. Visit HireVue.com, that's spelt H-I-R-E-V-U-E, to learn how organisations like Vodafone, Unilever, Nike, Red Bull, IBM and JP Morgan Chase are modernising the way they work. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine. And all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 73 of the Recruiting Future podcast. 2016 will be remembered for many things. But in our industry, one of the most notable trends has been the reinvention and resurgence of recruitment marketing. My guest this week is HR Pro, recruiter and industry commentator, Tim Sackett. Tim recently hosted Smash Lies Recruitment Marketing Conference, and I'm delighted to have him on the podcast discussing the latest thinking in what is a critically important area for talent acquisition. Hi, Tim, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Could you introduce yourself um, and tell everyone a little bit about you, what you do, a bit, a bit about your story, basically? Yeah. So my name is Tim Sackett. I'm a president of a, an IT engineering staffing firm here in the States uh, out of Michigan. But we kind of have people all over. We do more contract consulting work than like straight headhunting work. Um, prior to that, um, ran corporate talent acquisitions for companies like Applebee's and uh, a large health system in the States, things of that sort. So I have some experience on both sides of the desk. Um, about nine years ago, started writing in the space of talent acquisition in HR for Fistful of Talent. And then I have my own blog, timsackett.com. And through that speaking uh, or writing, like people all of a sudden think, you know, now you know something. And so they ask you to come and speak and, and do all those sorts of things. And 
And so you get pretty active in the community, which um, I love. Like it's kept me on top of the technology it's, uh, in terms of who's innovative, best practices, all that great stuff. Uh, and I think uh, for me, the the great thing about the stuff you write is uh, you're, you're always a man with an opinion. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I think that's great because I think lots of people kind of, you know, sit on the fence, but you always, uh, you know, you always kind of say what you uh, say, what you mean. So last week you were hosting um, a recruitment marketing conference you were the you were the MC and and that's and recruitment marketing is really what I kind of wanted to talk about on the uh, on the podcast um I mean first of all could you tell us a little bit about that event and and just really what's on your radar when it comes to recruitment marketing well Matt you and I both go to a lot of different conferences all over the world and um I think one of the the, the growing kind of segments of the conference world is user conferences so it's you know, whether it's an Oracle, an SAP, you know, you know Ultimate Software, whatever the big, com- you know, the big ones are, now everybody's trying to um, do one. So, so Smashfly, their idea was we don't want to do, and Smashfly is a big recruitment marketing CRM. They don't want, they didn't want to do, uh, you know, a normal kind of just user conference. What they wanted was, let's not make this about us. Let's talk about recruitment marketing as a segment within the industry, and just bring in kind of people that are, they think companies that are doing really well, talk about that, thought leaders that can speak to it, um, and just really kind of, I guess, evolve the conversation to a higher level around recruitment marketing. And their hopes is to grow that conference so that it's, it is recruitment marketing. And they had a lot of other uh, vendors there as well. They didn't have any competition there, but, you know, but that's, you know, hey, they're, they're paying the bill and they're putting it on um, from that standpoint. But they're really trying to evolve that user conference into something that's just not pitching product at, at people that are coming, but actually trying to give them some real chops around how do you become better at recruitment marketing. That's really interesting. I always think that's a, that's a, that's a kind of a, a, a great approach just in terms of sort of, you know, raising everyone's knowledge and getting everyone to, 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 talk, to talk to each other. What, I've noticed that recruitment marketing is kind of coming up a lot um you know a lot of events in a in a a lot of conversations um almost not quite as a new thing but as something that's kind of been reinvented or 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 evolved um you know why is that What, what what's different this time what are you seeing um you know what are you seeing in that space that's changed that's put it at the top of everyone's agenda again well i think for years we had this employment branding kind of segment right and employment branding um you know, it's one aspect of recruitment marketing. And I think everybody focused on that. Just, oh, we have to have a brand. We have to have a brand. We have to have a brand. And then what happened was everybody had a brand and then they didn't know what to do with that brand. And so the recruitment marketing side came out because I think everyone said, oh, well, wait a minute. Once you have a brand and you have the story, now you have to find a way to share the story. And that's content marketing and email nurturing and social recruiting and mobile recruiting and career sites and SEO and employee referrals and talent networks and, you know, everything that comes into this recruitment marketing segment. Um, and so it, I think it was started with that. And I, I want to say probably five, seven years ago, you know, that the employment branding side started to become really hot. And, and I think that's what happened because people all of a sudden they would spend, I mean, man, we know big companies that were spending millions of dollars on creating an employment brand. And then it was like, okay, we have a brand. And then they were like, well, why don't we have more candidates? 
Uh, and I think you, um, you you kind of illustrate, I suppose, the problem and the issue there, where you just listed all of the channels that uh, that people could that people could use. Well, I mean, what what what? How are people making sense of um, you know the sheer amount of things that you can do? Because I think that in the last few years we've kind of suffered from this um, bright shiny object syndrome that as soon as someone launches um, you know a new social channel or there's a new way to do email marketing, um, everyone kind of jumps on it as um, you know the next the next big thing without a kind of strategy and without thinking it through what are you or what you know what did you see or what are you seeing how how are the best uh companies sort of dealing with that channel saturation you know what what kind of strategies are out there well i think what what, I, what i'm seeing from the best companies is they went to their marketing departments and said hey here's our challenge um because it, it's exactly the same challenge as the consumer brand has which is how do we get this consumer brand out there and then how do we get this employment brand out there? And so you started to see segments of the industry that were um, following marketing's lead. So they went out and they would really follow kind of the CRM model um, from a technology standpoint of how do we go out, go out and really kind of just you know, drip market and, and nurture these you know, kind of candidates and, and do these kinds of things. And then the, the most evolved companies are coming out and saying, hey – Maybe we should have one brand across everything. Maybe our consumer brand and our employment brand should really kind of, if, if not match, they should be parallel with each other. And maybe we can actually leverage both brands to help each other. And you see, so you see companies like GE, who they run these consumer branding commercials. And I don't know if you see them in the United States, they run these consumer branding commercials that are incredible employment branding commercials. But it makes people go, oh my gosh, GE is this really great digital brand that's up and coming and GE's been around forever, right? They're one of the big, you know, kind of fortune 10, you know, conglomerates, you know, uh, you know, worldwide. And now all of a sudden people are looking at, at them almost like they look at startups like a Facebook or, I mean, you know, and some of these kind of cool Google and stuff like that. And that's really hard to do because GE is just, a, you know, a rust bucket old, you know, kind of company that's building aircraft engines. But now, Obviously, they're evolving, right? And they're, they're doing a lot of other stuff. But I think they figured it out. And what they did was for their head of employment branding, they went out and hired a true marketer with no HR recruiting background at all. I mean, they just came in and said, hey, here's our challenge. Try to go figure this out. And they, and they went at it from a different angle. They just kind of said, oh, so we just need to share this. And let's, let's kind of wrap these stories together. And it's really resonated with a lot of people. That is interesting, actually. And there's been a, a, a couple of... Um uh, kind of employer brands, recruitment marketeers that I've had on the podcast in the past who haven't had a, um, an HR and recruiting background who've kind of approached things um, slightly differently to, you know, to, to, to great effect. Um, is the, do you think then that the storytelling is the, is, is the big part of this rather than the individual channels that are, that, that are, that are being, that are being used? What, what are you seeing that's working? Yeah, I mean that that was one of the big things that came out of of the conference um, was there's a lot of um, those brands trying to determine how do we share the stories of our employees and it starts even way back in terms of like the job descriptions they're like going look do we still need to do this job description thing why don't we have an employee that's working in that same job tell their story tell why what they're doing and why they like what they're doing why they like working here. In more of a transparent matter, and that could be on video, it could be you know all kinds of different ways that you share that, and but it's so it's all of that. So and then and then on a on a bigger level on the brand, 
how do we get those stories out of our of the employees that are doing really great stuff here and and share that whether it's through video or you know other kinds of you know storytelling and so you you saw a lot of examples in 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 the the marketing part of this is great i mean there was people in the conference that i mean it was constantly being tweeted out like they're being brought to tears by these videos that these companies are putting together to share to share their stories because some of these stories are just so, you know, they just tug at your heartstrings so much when you have an employee that got this job and they have a sick child and because of this job, they were able to get these great benefits, all this stuff. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like this is a wonderful company. Now, you have to be able to marry that up with reality, right? So if you have, if you have this great story and you're sharing this and you say this is who you are and somebody shows up day one and that's not who you are, that's not going to, you're, you're not going to last very long. And so I think that's always the challenge was how do we how do we share our great stories at the same time be realistic that that's not that's not everybody right yeah absolutely i mean i was um interestingly i was judging some um um, in-house recruitment marketing awards in the in the UK yesterday we were watching the um, the kind of the video entry section and there was some there was some brilliant stories um, some brilliant stories in there and, and our challenge really as judges with the limited information that we had was to try and work out how much was marketing spin and how much was like genuinely um you know genuinely what was going on and 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 really the ones that shone through um were the ones that had the the actual employees of the company um you know in the video telling their telling their stories personally um was was that was is that kind of similar in terms of of, of um you know what, what you were seeing last week and kind of in general in the u.s yeah you know but i do i do think the companies that are doing it really well i figured out it, you know, usually within recruitment, talent acquisition, HR, we just don't have the budget money for this. And if you go, you know, go to the finance department and say, hey, we're going to need millions of dollars to create this stuff, it's probably just not going to happen. And I think the best companies are figuring out how do we leverage stuff that our marketing department's already put together and put our own kind of uh, employment spin on it? Or how can they help us do that with, with kind of the materials and the collateral that they already have put together? Because they have a lot. And and, and with some really small tweaks, sometimes they, they can make some really great um, videos and different materials that speak to the to hiring, you know, instead of to, to the actual consumer brand. And I think the the relationship between marketing and, and recruiting is an interesting one there because there you know there, there seems to be this ridiculous kind of ongoing argument about whether recruitment's marketing and and all this and all this kind of stuff and you know t- to me it just seems that you know these are these are very different disciplines with a with a synergy between them where there's um you know common ground and they can help each other out. I mean, where where do you stand on the is recruitment marketing argument? <laughs> You're so right, but you know by that what you said. I think it was something that wasn't talked about a lot. It was talked about a little, and I and I had asked some questions to some of the people coming off in between, you know, sessions about that. Um, and it's it's still something that's very real. And I think part of that is a traditional HR view and talent acquisition view, which is, hey, we don't want anything taken away from us, right? We have very little um, decision making ability on, on things that we do. And so if we give away this to marketing, then we just gave away one more thing of of which we only, we had so few. And so that some of these talent acquisition leaders hang on to this stuff with such fever, you know, of, of like, just, we can't let this go. And I'm thinking, no, actually, if, if you actually would, you know, bring in your marketing team and tell them and let them run with it, you'll probably get a better product in the end. Um, and you'll be a part of it and you'll, and you'll create a better relationship. But uh, sometimes they just refuse to do it. And, and what happens is, we're, I mean, we're not, uh, as a talent acquisition leader myself, 
I'm not a marketer by trade or by nature. And so the chances of me pulling this off are going to be, you know, really high or really low versus pulling in my marketing department and asking for that help. Absolutely. I mean, I kind of see that the the clients that I work with, who do this really well tend to have a, um, you know, they, they tend to have either marketeers in their team, um, or they, you know, there's a there's a really good kind of relationship with the with the marketing department in the in the in the company. Um, so kind of just sort of, you know, moving the thinking on a little bit. Um, what role does technology play in this? I think that uh, very often when we talk about uh, recruitment marketing it's always a technology first conversation and i think you know from what you've said um you know that clearly isn't the um you know shouldn't shouldn't be the, the the focus of the strategy but obviously you know as these new technologies come onto the market in talent acquisition you know there's some pretty exciting things that, that can happen um you know what what are you seeing that's great technology what you know how is technology kind of supporting um supporting this yeah, you know, my view in technology has always been the technology is going to allow you to do stuff faster. So if you have a, a really um, crappy employment brand, you're going to be able to share that crappy employment brand really fast um, with technology. So you have to be careful, right? Because if you said if you start with technology and you haven't put all the hard work into building a really great brand, it, you're just going to fail faster. Um, now, on the technology side, what I see out there is is a ton of confusion. Like you had mentioned earlier. There's so many products that are coming up every single time. I was at HR tech, uh, tech conference in Chicago earlier this year, and there's 800 vendors on the floor. Most of those vendors, you know, have some kind of, you know, are trying to, because the talent acquisition money right now into the, into the industry is so high, everybody's trying to get a chunk of that. And so there's a lot of recruitment marketing types of technology out there. There's storytelling technology on the market that is really awesome. I mean, because I think that's one of the things we struggle with as well is how do we get our employees to tell a story because that's, they're not natural storytellers and this technology kind of walks, walks them through that. And there's a bunch of different vendors out there. Um, the one thing I think that's super confusing for a lot of TA leaders right now is their ATSs are telling them, Hey, don't worry. We, we, we do CRM. We do, we don't, you don't have to go buy CRM. We have CRM and it's awful. It's at the, at the very minimum. It's, it's a, a vanilla, based CRM that just basically does mass emailing, right? It doesn't do much more than that. And, and if you actually look at some of the great CRM technology that's on the market um, for recruiting, it's, it's really, really advanced. It's some big brother type stuff that I think when people see it, they're like, wow, that's, that's crazy that we can go out and actually, you know, continue to nurture these kinds of people that are coming to our career site. I think you're spot on with that. I think one of the confusing issues is just that, you know, it's it's not a, the, the categories aren't very clear. Um, lots of people will say they do everything. Um, and, you know, they may only be a specialist in one part of that as a, as, as a vendor. And I think that, um, you know, I always say to, uh, you know, people who are looking at um, the technology part of this, they need to go out and see what's available. And as you say, see what um, brilliant things you can get from um, a company that's specializing in that particular particular um you know in that particular section of the um of the of the of the process basically yeah for sure so you mentioned um ge um what other companies are you seeing who are who are who are doing um you know great great things in this space which which employers are, are kind of really sort of leading the pack um you know thomas reuters um presented their head of ta presented in they had some of the most advanced analytics to recruitment marketing that I've seen from anybody. Um, and, and so that, and that's one piece that I think a lot of companies are, they haven't even figured out yet. 
um, in terms of, hey, we're going to put all these resources and effort into recruitment marketing. How do we really go out there and measure that effectively? Um, and so they've, they've done some really cool stuff. Thermal Scientific was another that they've got their storytelling down um, to a science. They, they've really that were advanced in that area comparable to some of the other ones that we've saw. And, um, but again, then it, it gets to, you know, you got that great story. How do you share it? You know, how do you can make sure that everybody knows? Because of both of those companies, people really had no idea who they are, right? So Thomas Reuters is kind of this, you know, mass media company and Thermal Scientific does a lot of different, you know, kinds of, you know, technical types things. And so they really have a hard time sharing their story and getting that out. From what you were saying at the um, at the conference, what, is, what does the future look like in recruitment marketing? What were the sort of cutting edge, bleeding edge things that people were thinking about? I know, um, you know, sometimes we shouldn't get we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves because um, people aren't doing, you know, some of the things that are available now. But just just to get ahead of ourselves, um, what was kind of on the horizon that was um, that was really interesting? You know, a lot of people are talking about the artificial intelligence side of recruitment marketing in there's a belief out there, and, and it's and, and we're going to see if it comes true, that there's probably um, some really advanced AI recruitment marketing types of um, technologies that are being developed that will be able to take a candidate from first touch all the way to first in in person interview without a human ever actually interacting with them, and that's pretty pretty advanced, awesome kinds of things, especially when you think of companies who are hiring hundreds of thousands, millions of people a year, and they have these recruiting teams. I talked to a recruiting team the other day. They had 200 people in their talent acquisition team for 8,000 hires a year. That's, wow. a, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of uh, recruiters for only 8,000 hires. And, and, and so an AI technology could really advance them and probably eliminate half that group, you know, and for a fraction of the cost. Interesting. I, yeah, I think I think there are some very interesting developments in that in that space to to come. Um, just sort of final question, and I suppose a more general question about um, you know what's sort of next in um, in recruiting for twenty seventeen. We're uh, we're talking um, a couple of days, or maybe even three days now. I can't. I've lost count. Um, after the the U.S. presidential election, um, what are what are your views on twenty seventeen? What what are, what are going to be the key issues for recruiting in HR? Um, well, in the U.S. market, and, and, and I'm sure there's going to be ripples throughout the world with uh, President-elect Trump uh, in the U.S., which I think we're all still trying to figure out how that happened. Um, it, you know, there's going to be a lot of HR-related items that companies are going to have to focus on. So, because he's going to, you know, take a look at healthcare, he's going to take a look at a lot of um, the wage and hour issues and things that companies face, especially small businesses. And so we can see a lot of um, things kind of getting rolled back or repealed that the Obama administration has put in for years. That's gonna, it's going to be a lot of heavy lifting and just flat out just a lot of work for those HR teams. Now, what does that have to do with um, talent acquisition? I'm not sure. I mean, the one thing we know in the U.S. is the H-1B um, uh, probably is going to get rehauled in terms of uh, hiring visas. And what, what he really wants to do is to say, right now, it, within the H-1B community within the U.S., so if I want to hire an Indian developer to come over and work for me, Matt, here in the States, I have to put them on an H-1B visa. I, I, I hold that visa as the employer. I have three years. I can renew it for another three years. So for virtually six years, I have that person. He has to work for me or she has to work for me. And I have to pay them a prevailing wage. Now, that prevailing, in quotes, is very subjective. 
And so I might go out, hire that person. They're working for me as a developer, and I'm going to put them on site at a client of mine. I'm going to charge that client 150 an hour. I might be paying that developer 50 an hour, whereas if I had a U.S. person in that same role, maybe they're making 75, maybe they're making 100 an hour. So there's a lot of companies here that are really taking advantage of that that visa thing. And Trump has said, look, we need to get a true prevailing wage for those H-1Bs coming in so that if you're paying a U.S. worker 75 for that job, you better be paying that H-1B 75. Now, what he knows, what will happen then is we'll probably go out and actually then probably hire more U.S. workers for those jobs and less, and, and less H-1B. But the reality is with the demographics in the U.S. and how many people are retiring, it doesn't matter. We could... We could open up the H-1B, you know, um, to half a million a year and people would still fill all those visas. Interesting. And I think, uh, you know, it's a it's, it's very interesting times in, in Europe as well with, you know, with with Brexit. And I think there are very similar um, similar issues for, 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 for HR, HR over here. So um, we live in interesting times, as they say. Um, Tim, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. My thanks to Tim Sackett. You can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or via your podcasting app of choice. Just search for Recruiting Future. You can find all of the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.